welcome to this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. How have you all been? Well, I have been on a little pod break since I last answered questions in Thailand at New Year. Because I've been answering hundreds and hundreds of questions from my new Everything Under the Sun book. I have answered over 200 of your questions, um, more than that actually, because I've only got 85 spaces left in the book and there are going to be 366 questions. So there's just about time to submit a question if you have one about the world. We're looking for questions about different cultures, foods, festivals, habitats, migrations or anything to do with our beautiful planet really and the people that live on it. In the meantime, I hope you all have a copy of Everything Under the Sun, the first book, filled with all of your fabulous questions. Now, let us begin. Here is our first question. It's a super interesting one from Maya in Singapore. Over to Maya. Hi, my name is Maya. I'm eight years old. My question is, who created superheroes? Hi Maya, thank you for that great question. Well, there are tons of comics and movies about superheroes like Spider-Woman, Wonder Woman, Black Widow, Superman, Iron Man, Batman. But where do they all come from? Well, I thought I'd ask Paul Levitz to help me with this answer. Paul has written tons of comic books, including Batman, which is a huge favorite superhero in my house at the moment. And he was president of DC Comics for many years. He's a friend of Neil Gaiman who introduced me, so thank you, Neil. And over to Paul. Hi, Maya. My name's Paul Levitz, and I've written comic books about everybody from Superman to the Avengers. So I know a little bit about superheroes. Deciding who created superheroes depends on who you define as a superhero. There are lots of legends going back in every country's mythology of people who were stronger, wiser, able to do amazing things. But they didn't wear costumes usually, and their powers were more of what we ordinarily understand rather than the amazing things that people came up with for the incredible superheroes of today. The first character that you'd really think of as a true superhero and the character who really started it as a business, no surprise, is Superman. And the people who created Superman were two young men in Cleveland, Ohio, in America, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. And they had big dreams and they wanted to dream Superman up. Hope that helps you, Maya. You can think about all sorts of other ways of thinking of superheroes. Think about some of the heroic figures you know from the mythology that you grew up with and decide whether those were superheroes too. Maybe you'll create some superheroes of your own. Bye. Thank you so much for your brilliant answer about superheroes. It's great to find out where superheroes come from. 
Sounds like they've always been around since humans have existed in one kind or another. Although Superman was the very first superhero as we think of them today. So I'm glad those two guys thought of Superman because I love all the superheroes that have come since. Now, have you ever come up with your own kind of superhero? If you have, let me know. If you had a superpower, what would it be? People can be superheroes too, can't they? If you do something super kind, help a friend who is in trouble, or overcome a big challenge in your life, that's a kind of super heroic thing to do. I bet there are lots of people in your life who are your own personal superheroes. Maybe it's your mum, or your teacher, or a good friend. Maybe your dad. Remember to show these super people in your life loads of love and have fun with them. I hope that answers your question, Maya, and thank you so much, Paul, for your super superhero answer. And now for our second question, which is about another mythical creature. One of my favourite animals. It's a magical white creature with a horn. What could it be? Oh, yep, it's a unicorn. This question comes from Bella in Peru. Ooh, lucky you, Bella. Over to Bella. My name is Bella. Um, I'm four. I live in Peru. And my question is, why is the British passport got a unicorn on it? Thank you, Bella, for that really interesting question. Well, if you look at a British passport, you'll see there's a lion and a unicorn standing on opposite sides of a coat of arms. The lion is a symbol for England and the unicorn a symbol for Scotland. The Scottish chose the unicorn because they make you think of purity, strength and power. And they're also proud and untamable, which are things the Scots associate with their great country. Lions are brave and strong, so good emblems of a country, or so thought the English hundreds of years ago. Now, in 1603, James VI, King of Scotland, also became King of England, where he was called, confusingly, James I. He was the first person to be King of both Scotland and England at the same time. And since then, a lion for England and a unicorn for Scotland have been used as symbols of Britain or the United Kingdom. The first English passports ever were issued in 1414, when King Henry V wanted to make sure his subjects who were travelling abroad could prove their identity. After that, more and more passports began to be issued. Speaking of kings and queens, in Britain, even to this day, kings or queens don't need a passport to travel. So the queen, when she was alive, didn't need a British passport because all of the passports were issued in her name. But everyone else in the royal family needs one, just not the king or queen. At first, until 1915, British passports were just sheets of paper saying that a certain person was allowed to cross a border safely. They had Britain's coat of arms on them, the lion and the unicorn. Then in 1915, the first passports that looked more like the ones we have today were made of a sheet of paper folded between two cardboard covers, so they were more book-like, like our passports today. They also had photographs to help prove someone's identity and a description of your face. Some of the descriptions went like this. Eyebrows, fluffy. Eyes, dazzling. Complexion, entrancing. There was another one. Nose, flat. Eyes, big. Forehead, broad. Oh dear. 
Well, in any case, hopefully you could have identified the person by their description. Then we got, in 1921, more dark blue books with pages inside, still with Britain's coat of arms on them, and then in 1988 they became dark red because the UK was part of the European Union, and that was the colour of European Union passports. In 2023 now, a few years after Brexit, we've got blue passports again. (sighs) But they still have a lion and a unicorn standing for England and Scotland on them. Countries all over the world have passports, but oddly they're all in shades of red, green, blue and black, even though they could be pink or orange if the country decided that's what they wanted. But everyone seems to have stuck to those four colours. They have to be made of a material that bends and doesn't crease. They have to be machine readable at high and low temperatures and in places with low or high air humidity. As of course passports travel all over the world so they need to be readable in different climates. So that's unicorns and lions and why they're on British passports. I hope that answers your question, Bella, and thank you so much for sending it in. On the topic of unicorns, what makes them so special is their horns. So we have a question about horns from Layla. Over to Layla. Hello, I'm Layla and this and and I am five years old and I love cheetahs and maths and school and I'm five years old and, and I and this is my question. Why do boards have horns? Thank you, bye bye. Hi Layla, thanks for your great question. Well, bulls are the male equivalent to cows, which are females. Collectively, they're called cattle. But if you think the bulls have horns and cows don't, well, think again. That's not actually always true. It depends on the breed of cattle. Some calves have their horns removed at a young age to stop them growing them. In other types of cattle, over years and years and years of selective breeding, which means when a human chooses which bull and cow should have a baby together to get the best genes possible or the best kinds of fluffy coats or sharp horns or whatever the breed is looking for, they choose one mum and one dad and make a baby and carefully over time make their horns extra long or whatever it is they're looking for. So over time, horns actually became smaller and smaller because of this kind of selective breeding and then disappeared. And why would farmers have done this? Well, having cows without horns makes life easier for farmers because cows are less dangerous without their big, strong, spiky horns. Bulls and cows use their horns to protect and defend themselves and their young and to attack if they need to. But they also do something more interesting than this too. They are made of tissue that comes from under the scalp and connects to the bone. The tissue is called keratin and it's the same stuff as in your fingernails and hair and it hardens into the horns we see from the outside. The bit I like is that the horns are connected to cattle sinuses. So actually, the horns help a cattle to smell and sense the world around them and find out information about the world that they're living in. Isn't that cool? They aren't like deer antlers in that they fall off every year. They're actually totally connected to the cow. I hope that answers your question, Leila, and thank you for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a lovely week. 
A huge thank you to the wonderful Paul Levitz for his explanation about superheroes. And a big thank you to Maya, Bella and Layla for this week's questions. If you have a question you would like answered on Everything Under the Sun, do send it in to molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Check out the website mollyoldfield.com or the pod's website everythingunderthesun.co.uk and you can find out about how to send in the question which might end up in the new book too. And for now, get yourselves a copy of Everything Under the Sun, a curious question for every day of the year in your nearest beautiful bookshop. If they don't have it, just ask for it and they'll get it in for you. Have a wonderful week filled with the magic of unicorns and the strength of superheroes. And don't get spiked by a bull. Ow! I'll be back next week answering more curious questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Thank you and goodbye!